I'm concerned about a generation who doesn't know how to pray until something happens because the minute that the people in our generation have trial or tribulation or something that would try to trip them up, they immediately back off and they don't push forward. And so what I've been praying over y'all six over the last week is endurance. You don't even realize it yet, but you need endurance. You ain't got to figure out what you're going to do with your life right now. You don't. Because every one of you has some type of plan, and I would venture out to say that that plan will probably not happen the way that you think it's going to happen. It is awesome to have a plan, though. How many of you one day had a plan, and then you met some boy, or you met some pretty little girl? Then plans changed. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it says this. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. You have need of endurance. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses, look at all of them around. To the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Hey, go sign up for the race. Running for his purpose. June 24th is going to be cool. That's another little commercial right there from the Bible. Y'all missed that. Let us run with endurance the race because this life is not a sprint. And the church said, Amen. You're going to have to endure. You're going to have to endure. James 5 and 11 says this We give great honor to those who endure suffering. For instance, you know about Job a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Let me tell you something. There are people that are around you who have been through things in life, and you need to draw from their wealth of knowledge. Because we give great honor to those who have endured suffering. Why are we enduring? So that we can one day get to the place that we will be called faithful. That's what we're trying to make it to. Faithful. That at the end of our life, God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. We think life is all about us. In the church world, we pick churches based on, well, I don't like this, or I do like that, or this person's ugly, or... They can't sing. And we think that we go shopping around for the things of God as if they're groceries. And I just want to encourage you, I'm telling you, that this life is not about you. This life is about you bringing glory to God.
Romans 15, 8 through 9 says this. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to, our, to their ancestors. Next verse. He also, claimed, he also came that the Gentiles might give glory. Everybody say glory. Wow, that is... Hmm. I'm going to let y'all know that I'm a black preacher. When black people ask you, specifically a black minister ask you, to say something after they have invited you to say such, they need you to say that. Rewind. He also came that the Gentiles might give glory. Everybody say glory. glory. See? It and don't get somebody up here on the organ. Lord have mercy. Shoot. This life is not about you. It's about bringing glory unto the Lord. So that's why you can be a marine biologist if you want to or be a softball player for as long as the Lord will allow you to do that or play volleyball or do whatever you want. Because it's about you bringing glory to the Lord. And I'm telling you that this generation, if you listen to the news enough, if you read enough articles, you're thinking that this generation's going to hell in a handbasket. But I can tell you that not every one of them are. Amen. Not every one of them are. Don't listen to everything that the TV screen tells you. Look around inside your communities. Look around inside the schools. Look at this front row right here of six people who all believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins and that he rose on the third day. They have Bibles. They're ready to be released in the ministry and to tell people about God, to bring glory to his name. Amen. I can tell you that there are awesome and amazing things happening right here. I can tell you that on Good Friday service, that there was a young lady who came to the altar and for the very, very first time committed her life to Jesus Christ and said yes to eternal life and no to an eternal damnation. I'm telling you that my girl Kyla has been working hard for Jesus. I can tell you that two of her friends who were self-proclaimed atheists a couple of weeks ago, now say that they love God. Amen? Amen. Amen. But you would not think that that's commonplace because it may not be happening everywhere, but it is happening here. God is giving himself a remnant, and that remnant is winning souls inside this generation. Amen? It's not as grim and dark and bleak as the world would have you believe.
I can tell you that over the last couple of months, there's been people who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. I can tell you that um, we've launched a brand new ministry for this particular age group to try to answer the question of what in the world do they do now? Jonathan and Tammy Dodd have, have taken that on. Stephen Rizzo's helping them with that. And I'm telling you, God's putting people in places and he's getting together something. It's going to do something that's going to be amazing. If you try to check out that last song, that, that declaration song that you heard Anya and the worship team singing, you ain't going to find it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Anya wrote that. There are people in place already that she's going to begin because she already has been doing it. She's going to be able to call that out of our young people. Amen. The Great Commission is our, uh, um, our verse in Nation Student Ministries, and it says this. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. go. Alyssa. Don't make me come down there. You know better. You know better. Therefore, go. Everybody say, go. go. Make disciples of all nations. Everybody say, nations. Yes. Baptizing them. I didn't say repeat. Mm-hmm. See? See, what happens is you get so into it, you just feel it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father. Everybody say, Father. Father. Son. See, look at that. I didn't even have to prompt you that time. And the Holy Spirit. Go. God has given us, this is the last thing that he told his disciples before he left. The last recorded conversation that he had, and it was direction on how to live life. And so what I want to tell you six today is that those gifts that I've given you today, they're not just gifts. Kyla, bring me your stuff up here. I'll use yours. All of it, all of it. Hurry, hurry, hurry. What are you doing? The Bible too. Come on. Yeah, I want the bag too. Come on. Go, go. Be used by the Spirit. Now, sit down. Okay. <laughs> They'll get a Bible. And this happens every year. Let me tell you something. I've asked all these, all six of them. They all own a Bible. Statistics say that if you're a Christian, you got four at the house. Well, why are you giving them another Bible then? This Bible ain't for them. Who's it for? I prayed over these Bibles this morning. I've been thinking about it all week because I've, ja- I've been jacked up about it. Because I know that I'm going to have six testimonies about how this Bible has been used by the Lord. I know it. Who's the Bible for? Who's the Bible for? God's given you a call. He's given you a direct purpose. So as you're released to Jacksonville State and Boston College and Point, and you're going down to South Alabama, and you don't know where you're going to be, but I'm telling you what, God's got a place for you too. Bevel State. That in the next six months, in the next six weeks, in the next six days, maybe in the next six hours, maybe in the next six years, God is going to bring you a Hindu friend. 
He's going to bring you a Muslim friend. He's going to bring you somebody that you, that doesn't believe like you believe. He's going to bring you somebody who maybe has been going to church, but they have, they have, they have gone astray. And you're going to share God with them. You're going to share the love of Jesus Christ with them. You're going to love on them in spite of their, 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 their sinful life. You're going to be what Jesus said in here that a true Christian is. Because we're going to respond to the call of God. You don't need another Bible. You need to obey what's already in here. Let me tell you something. As a Pentecostal young person from the time that I was in about 11th or 12th grade until now, I had a lot of experiences. I can tell you about some youth camps. I can tell you about some times when I was crying in the altar. I can tell you about some times uh, at, at, the, at the big conference service, maybe at Forward or Winterfest or at another particular place. But I didn't always know this. And I'm telling you, if you'll get along with this thing, if, if you'll ask God to give you the plan for your life out of this thing, he'll respond each and every time. I don't know. Sometimes I read it, and then sometimes I feel goosebumps, and sometimes I feel nothing. Continue to endure because you have need of endurance so that you can be called faithful at the end. God's going to give you somebody who needs this Bible. God's going to give you somebody who needs this Bible. But you need to begin right now expecting God to give you somebody. Expecting that, 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 that relationship, that that friend, it's not just, God didn't just make this happen. This happened by divine plan. And I'm telling you what, not just to the six of them, some of you who got about 19 Bibles on your shelf. You need to, clear, you need to clean out your bookshelf. You need to find some people that don't believe like you, that don't think like you already, who are lost and dying and will end up in hell if you don't share the love of Jesus Christ with them. Get them the word. Speak it. Pray it. Declare it over them in the name of Jesus. I don't know if I can do that. God's made you bold. When the Philistines had... Uh, um, uh, had went down, they captured the ark of God. And what they did was they took it and they put the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, in the same room as their idol. You know what that idol looked like? It was half fish and half man. And I'm telling you, if there's something that breaks my heart more about this generation and the people of God for right now, it's that we are half fish and half man right now. That we're just fishy enough to hang out with the fish folks. Hallelujah, bless him. But nobody, nobody thinks that we're too spiritual, so we can come over here and be like, yeah, man, that was crazy, right? And we can still do jokes, and we can still uh, uh, watch whatever we want to watch on TV, and we can still say whatever we want to say and go wherever we're going to go because the Lord has not so penetrated our lives because of this book. But when the presence of God got in the same place as half fish and half man, that idol was broken. And I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today. I want to give you direction from Scripture today that you would not be half man and half fish. That you'd fully sell out. That you'd do everything that this Bible says to do. And you go, authentic faith is not just sitting at the house and reading this thing. Authentic faith is sitting at the house reading this thing and it propelling you. It compelling you to go out. 
to a lost and dying world, to share the gospel and the love of Jesus. When I go places, my wife don't like going with me because I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to. I'm looking for opportunities. I'm looking for opportunities. But you know what I've been guilty of sometimes? I can talk all day. But ain't said nothing. What the Lord's been kind of spanking me about. Philip, you talking? But what have you said in here? Use those opportunities. Use your big mouth. The Lord didn't say that, but... When I hear it, it, say, it sounds like that. Use your big mouth, Philip. Some of y'all can start a conversation with this wall. Tell people about God and how good he's been to you. Amen? Look. Okay. Secondly, you need a spiritual mentor. I know all. I couldn't wait to get up out of school. Can't wait to leave from here. I can preach. You need somebody who you can come alongside that can speak into your life, that can love on you, that can help you when you start going in the left field a little bit, help get you back. Preaching's a dime a dozen right now. And you know why? Because I can listen to one million podcasts tonight. I got Stephen Furtick and Andy Stanley and Craig Groeschel. And I can even listen to old school classics from Reverend Billy Graham because of the advent of the computer. What this generation needs is mentors. People who will walk alongside them. They don't need anybody preaching. I don't know. Those kids are weird. They listen to crazy stuff. One day you were weird. A couple of years back when you graduated, you were the crazy ones with your long hair and your rock and roll listening selves. You need, well, I, I feel weird coming up and talking to them. No. Come up, bless them, tell them that you're praying for them. Give them some money. <laughs> Give them some money. and There ain't but six of them this year. Next year, my junior class, whew, it's like 90 of them. So I'm helping my six out right here. Give them some money this year. So I want to invest in you this year. This ain't a whole bunch of money. more than you have. You know the reason why you need a spiritual mentor? is because God's placed dreams and visions inside you. And you won't come to the full realization of those things until somebody's calling those out of you, just reminding you about what God's doing and what God's saying. So you need to get close to somebody who's doing it like you. Who knows, maybe you got the next fidget spinner idea. Some of you who don't know what a fidget spinner is, whew, bless your heart. They are the worst. But somebody somewhere is counting stacks and stacks of money because they did something ridiculous that I think would be dumb, 
But somewhere along the lines, they had a spiritual mentor that might have said, you know what, go ahead with this idea. I think people will buy it. Wow. So thankful for my spiritual mentor. I had dreams and visions of doing what I'm doing right now. I've never spoke here before on a Sunday morning. But a couple of years ago, I was driving around in a police car. Had lots of time to think. Go out, throw a drunk person in jail, drive around some more, maybe write a ticket. Still had visions. I had visions of walking around Door High School in the gym doing assemblies. I was like, that ain't, that just ain't gonna happen. Maybe I'll come back as a safety police officer and give a talk or something like that. Maybe that's what that dream and that vision is about. I could see myself here at a Sunday Christian chapel. I could see myself here on a Sunday night. I could see myself here on a Sunday morning. And I'm telling you, long after the dream had died for me and I thought, this ain't happening anymore. My mentor didn't. She still saw it. And she called me year after year. Hey, I still, I still believe that God might be doing something and maybe you're going to get to come and be here. Sister Sarah, you might as well. Might as well let that go, sister. The ship has sailed into the deep far sea. But I love you and I thank you for praying for me. We'll holler at you later. A couple of months ago, she called one more time. said, hey, youth pastor position's open. I said, that's nice. I'll be praying for y'all. And uh, went home that day because I think she had called me when I was out. And uh, didn't let me go. Then some things happened and you know, all throughout the process, I thought, no, 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 I don't know. Because I didn't want to let the dream live again to get. I'm telling you, you need somebody in your life that even after you have given up on the dreams and the visions inside your mind and your heart, that somebody will come alongside you and say, don't give it up. Don't give up. Don't give up. When you're five games down to the championship, and people are saying, beat the traffic and trying to head back to the house. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know some of y'all start zipping up your Bible right here, so I better. I'm up here having church. We having church right here, sister. You need a spiritual mentor. You'd be lucky to have one as good as mine. Find you one. Lastly. Golly, Nicole, seriously? Your third gift's a towel. Because I'm going to tell you that the enemy is going to try to get you to quit, to give up, and to throw it in. There is some situation, something that's coming inside your life that's going to gut punch you. And it's going to challenge your faith more than you've ever been challenged before in your entire life. 
and I'm telling you that now so that you're ready for it, so that it didn't catch you by a surprise, so that it didn't come out of left field, so that you know that you know already right now. Here's what's coming. The enemy ain't got no new tricks. He's going to try through some sickness or some disease or a, a, a terminal thing. He's going to try uh, to maybe dis, d discredit you. Uh, people are maybe going to leave you. There's going to be something, and it's going to be tough. But if you won't quit, if you won't give up, and if you won't throw in the towel, and you'll commit right now that you're going to serve God no matter what, no matter come hell or high water, no matter come if you, you stop believing, you, your spiritual mentor is going to be able to help you to find that. You're, you're going to be encouraged because God's going to have somebody in your life who's going to give you that Bible. Life's going to try to gut punch you. And the reason why the athletes and people in the military and police officers, they train in high-stress situations is so that because when that high-stress situation comes, they don't want you to have to think about it just happens so if a and b are true i do this every time this is what happens I'll tell you something a and b are going to be true at some point in your life and if you'll commit now i'm not going to quit there was a point uh in 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 the scriptures where jesus has said a hard thing and many had left and then he looked around to those who were still here and he said, will you leave also? And they responded with what I have responded with a couple of times in the midst of those hard times and situations. Where am I going to go? You got the answers. I don't like what you're doing or maybe how you're doing it, but I ain't going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw in the towel. Because the very towel that you're wanting to throw in and give up with is the one that you're supposed to serve with. The one that you're supposed to serve God with and serve his people. Amen. Mark, the 12th chapter, 30 through 31 says this, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is equally as important. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandments are greater than these. It's not very difficult. It's not very hard. Commit right now today that you're going to serve God no matter what. You're going to serve God no matter what. I want to encourage you. Make your faith authentic. Because in this next season of life, you're maybe not going to have mama to wake you up and get you ready for church. You're going to have to make a decision about where you're going to go to church yourself. You're going to have to make this real, realer than grandma's prayers, realer than uh, just what y'all been doing, uh, you know, inside this. You're going to have to make this real for you, for you. And it will compel you to go out and win people. You need to find somebody who you want to be like and get close to them. Get close to them, walk just like them, imitate them as they imitate Christ. It's a key verse there, as they imitate Christ. And even when the enemy would try to get you to throw in the towel, that you would commit right now that you're going to serve God. You're going to serve his people. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Philip Walker. I'm the youth pastor here at Sunday Church of God. I gave the graduating seniors three gifts this Sunday morning. The first gift I gave was a Bible. Secondly, I encouraged them to find a spiritual mentor. And lastly, I gave them a towel. The towel was to remind them to commit right now to serve God no matter what.
Life is going to try to gut punch you. Life is going to try to take you out. Life is going to try to get you to give in, to give up, and to throw in the towel. But right now, I want to encourage you the same way I encourage the seniors to commit right now to serve God no matter what. Lastly, I would like to tell you that if you're a sixth through 12th grader in school right now, I want to encourage you to come out and join us for a youth service at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights at the Seminary Church of God Life Center. Also, if you don't have a place to be on Sunday mornings, come out and join us at 1045 a.m. here at Seminary Church of God.